The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Right now, we want to welcome Ari Goldkind to the show, a criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator. Ari, how are you doing? Brad and Morgan, nobody, nobody should ever feel bad for Kawhi Leonard. Mm, is it because of his millions in the bank? Uh, not only the millions in the bank, Brad Morgan, but the uh, hundreds of millions of dollars certainly on their way to him very shortly. Ari, you're in Toronto. I mean, have you been Correct. paying attention to the media coverage today? Sure. The coverage is for the station that I'm very close to and uh, <laughs> have an affinity for. And you're right about the OJ chase, but this is something that people want to talk about. It goes outside of Twitter because I usually think Twitter is just an echo chamber of anti-social media. This is something that, you know, obviously uh, all the Jurassic Parks around the country are on Toronto's uh, bandwagon, but this is something very important for reasons that are actually quite interesting to me, to the people of the city I live in. Well, I'm kind of jealous of you, Ari, but we do have to talk about something a little more serious, and that's uh, yes. that's the Joshua Boyle trial. Uh, for those that don't know, that he, he was a former Afghanistan hostage, and his trial is proceeding today after a judge decided evidence given earlier in the trial is still admissible. Can you walk us through where the trial has taken us until today and what this means for the trial itself? Sure. It's a fascinating and in quite many ways terrible saga where they both sort of deserve each other. Both Joshua and Caitlin Coleman, let's just say, should not be given the Order of Canada anytime soon. People will remember these are the two people with the very suspicious hostage-taking story when they went backpacking and off they went and then they end up on Prime Minister Trudeau's lap in his office. Uh, when they came back, he was charged with very serious allegations of sexual assault. I know we're in the early hour now, but let's just say the sex assault allegations were in a part of the body that make the criminal code respond even more seriously. Long story short, Mr. Coleman's, uh, sorry, Mr. Boyle's defense to Ms. Coleman, his wife's allegations, were essentially that this is their pattern of sexual activity or lovemaking before. And there was nothing all that different about the events that led him to being brought before the court. Now, because, Brad and Morgan, that gets into issues of what you've done in the past, the Supreme Court many years ago said, uh, 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 before we let you ask these questions, even if it's your wife, this is the interesting part, about what you may or may not do in your own bedroom prior to the charges, the case was essentially derailed. Because Caitlin Coleman said, no, I'm now going to get a lawyer. I'm going to bring an application as the alleged victim to prevent myself from being asked these questions. And long story short, the judge ruled today, not that long ago, that the questions that Boyle's defense lawyer asked me are absolutely permissible, even in the face. And this is where the conversation gets interesting of the Supreme Court making this area of law much, much easier for the state the prosecution, Twitter, hashtags, police and Crown attorneys to secure convictions. And if you're a defense lawyer like me, that's a concern. If you're anybody other than me, you're probably celebrating this and going to have a parade once Kawhi gets signed. So has, what's happened in cases such as this before when, the, when this kind of evidence has been ruled admissible or inadmissible? Sure. So what happens, Morgan, and it's very interesting that if you, let's use the example here, a married couple or a a Supreme Court case that just came down the pike recently, where there was a relationship where determined, don't get mad at me, this was the term in the Supreme Court, friends with benefits. 
And the accused man said, no, I'm being charged with something. This was fully consensual. This was in line with our friends with benefits arrangement. And the Supreme Court came back and said, no, it's not relevant to the charge. You're not allowed to ask about it. You're not even allowed to raise it. And this is something that, again, has defense lawyers like me quite concerned because oftentimes it's not Twitter or victims groups or advocates or politicians that are at the heart of a trial. Remember, the trial is a search for truth. And what the Supreme Court said very clearly is you can't use evidence of a complainant, alleged victim's sexual history or something ongoing to make it look like she's more likely to consent to what's before the court or that she's more likely to be a liar or, in judicial terms, less credible. But sometimes, Morgan, the history, the relationships, the dynamic, the patterns in their relationship are relevant. And the Supreme Court, the highest court in our land, has made it much, much harder for people accused of these things to defend themselves. So, Ari, is this setting a new precedent? Could this be a case eventually where you get to trial with a client and refer to this Joshua Boyle, Caitlin Coleman trial as precedent? Yes, because what that's good that you use that word, Brad, precedent, because so much of the problem with criminal law and other forms of law is we look at what's done in the past to decide what's done in the future. But that's really a problem because you have to take cases on their own. You know, the world changes, dynamics change. We have the Me Too movement. Does that mean more men are guilty or not guilty? Does that mean somebody accused uh, tomorrow on Twitter, whether it's Weinstein, Spacey, somebody else, is more likely to be guilty. If you accept that what should go on in the trial is something outside of the boundaries of politics, outside the boundaries of hashtags, and really it's a search for truth, albeit very messy, obviously at times people are going to be asked very uncomfortable questions, but you are talking about taking away, and let's be honest, a man's liberty oftentimes for many, many years on he said, she said, and in my view, Brad, and it's not a popular view publicly, I have no problem with that, he said, she said, and obviously involves more nuance and more difficult things to talk about than Twitter or anti-social media will permit. So what the judge did today uh, in the case in Ottawa with Boyle could be used, but basically the Supreme Court has really tightened the noose on accused people here, and that may be, Brad and Morgan, cause for many people you could speak to to celebrate, just doesn't happen to be for me. So Ari, the judge decides the evidence given earlier in the trial is still admissible. That happens. How, how could this change the landscape of the trial moving forward? Well, now the, okay, so let's go back a step because Caitlin Coleman, going back to these specific parties, she really took it upon herself to really elevate her role, sort of like the Rose McGowan or these other people in the courtroom. She really took on the defense lawyer, very, very snippy, very sort of uh, combative. And I don't mean in just a a very understandable way, but really, you know, in a martyr-like way, using the moment. What the judge has done is basically said, you know, Miss Coleman, these allegations that you've made, there's something here that Mr. Boyle, as fraught as he is with problems, Brad and Morgan, and this guy, as I said, should not be getting the Order of Canada, but he has a right to defend himself to allegations where essentially he can only defend what Miss Coleman is saying against him if he discusses what their sexual relationship was like prior 
to these occasions, whether it be in captivity, whether it be when they just got here. That being said, I don't think the Boyle case will have as much precedent. It's a lower court ruling. What that means in English is it's a lower court than the Supreme Court. When you look at what's just come out of the Supreme Court in the Bradley Barton case, that's the notorious case from a month ago where the indigenous uh, woman really received her due course at the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court felt she was thrown under the bus as an indigenous woman. And you look at another case from a couple weeks ago, very briefly, where the Supreme Court said, don't care about the friends with benefits angle. That's not going to be raised. This is really a very, very difficult time in Canada to be charged with this kind of crime when there is literally no other forensic evidence or any other corroborative evidence, other people supporting the story, and people are really having their hands tied to try and defend themselves and say to the jury, hey, there's more to this story that you should know. Are you broken it down in simple terms for myself, Morgan, and all of our listeners? But I'm not sure if you'll agree with me, but I have to think that with this now implemented and this trial going forward the way it's going forward, I have a fear that jurors are going to have an issue digesting this and understanding this properly. Well, that may be, but a lot of these cases, Brad, it's a very good question, but the way this works in practice is a lot of these cases very often are judge-alone trials. What that means is no jury. For a whole series of reasons, we probably don't have time in the segment to discuss. The problem is now judges are so reticent. They won't tell you this publicly. They won't come on your show. Uh, you know, in the middle of the afternoon to talk about this. But there is so much pressure on judges now to shut the door on these kinds of inquiries from defense lawyers, to sort of kowtow, for lack of a better term, to the movement in, in the political world, the legal world, towards making it harder to defend yourself, even when, and Brad and Morgan, this should be said in 30 seconds or less, anybody who thinks what you see on TV where the defense lawyer screams, at the alleged victim, calls her a bunch of names, denigrates her. Uh, it, it, that does not happen in courtrooms. But if you accept, which some people do, Brad and Morgan, that the court system, the trial, should be a search for truth. There are a lot of things going on now that are going to lead to what I believe are an epidemic of wrongful convictions. We know what that's happened in the States. We know there's a lot of politics concerned about people wrongfully convicted on the states, bad DNA, no DNA, just because these accused aren't specifically racialized or necessarily marginalized communities, nobody should be happy when the courts, by and large, moves to more people being convicted without really having their due process or day in court. Ari Goldkind is a criminal defense lawyer and legal commentator, and his voice is always welcome on our show. Thank you so much, Ari. Thank you to you both. Take care. Bye.